It's Coast 104.5. Thanks for being up and at him in the morning. My name is Adam Montiel. Excited to have on the phone Glenn Silloway is from League of Women Voters. Also, Tommy Gong is the county clerk and recorder for San Luis Obispo County. Gentlemen, thanks for being up and at him in the morning. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having us. You know, Glenn, I know this is a very significant anniversary, celebrating the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment. Let's talk about its significance. What, when that was finally ratified, what did that do and why uh, is, uh, obviously, this is obvious significance to today? Yeah, well, the, the League of Women Voters uh, is celebrating the passage of the 19th Amendment 100 years ago today. Uh, because it signified an expansion of voting rights and women's equality in this country. You know, women had actually been actively campaigning for the vote for seven decades, organizing state by state, and they finally achieved it. So it's a, it's a major uh, step in the movement for voting equality. The thing is that that job just goes on and on. So now we're working on continuing to improve voting equality in this country, and that's the mission of the league in a way. I love it. Now, um, what this is something that, you know, obviously the so many kind of aspects we look behind us in our rear view and, and parts of our history that, you know, yeah. are, are scars and we've got in. And but I think there's always an eye for the future and to kind of really, you know, live out the dream of what this country was founded on. And it's it's still yet to be completely fulfilled in 100 percent but we're kind of making our way there talk about what the league of women voters is doing to uh, assure that the league of women voters uh well thank you for this i'm glad you understand it that way because that is what we're doing um let's just think just for a second about john lewis he was he died recently as everybody knows there was a long celebration of his life but you have to go back and look at where he started his core issue when he was a freedom writer in the early 1960s was voting rights he was trying to register voters. That was the core uh, issue for him. And today, the League of Women Voters is supporting the reenactment of the Voting Rights Act, uh, an expansion of the Voting Rights Act, which was the crowning achievement of the civil rights movement in some ways. So we have work to do. And uh, I hope people will take a look at that, that uh, Voting Rights Act that's uh, proposed in Congress now and support it. Uh, Tommy, Tommy is the county clerk for uh, Slow County. What does the county clerk and recorder, this is a very important job, uh, for someone who isn't familiar, because we don't always get a chance to see you uh, on the TV or in the press, but what you do is uh, significant. Uh, Tommy, talk about the role of what the county clerk recorder does, and then I kind of want to get into a little bit more about what we can expect in November. Yeah, sure. Uh, the county clerk recorder actually wears a couple of different hats. Um, and, uh, and before, when the county was first uh, formed in the uh, late 1800s, it was the county clerk and then the county recorder. Uh, the county recorder keeps track of uh, who owns what land in the in the county and you know who buys what. And it's very critical that we maintain that record uh, so that you know if it came to anything to court or being challenged, for example then they would refer to the land records as to who owns the land um, for, for a certain piece of property, for example. Uh, we also hold uh, all of the birth records of those who were born in the county and the death records of those who passed away, um, and marriage licenses. So we like to say that, you know, kind of from cradle to grave, you know, you're going to do some kind of business with 
uh, our, my department. And, and of course, we perform. <laughs> That's a great way to look at it. <laughs> yeah, I know. You'd be surprised what you find in our records. Sure. Um, yeah. Um, for instance, you know, um, death certificates, you know, we have uh, James Dean's death certificate recorded in our county because, yeah. of course, he passed away, you know, in that car accident, um, you know, uh, in, in our county. Yeah. So, you know, it's just all part of the routine of what we do as the as the county recorder and county clerk. So what is what, and, do you, what are your what are your, your drawers look like? I mean, is your office just nuts is there like a is there a room that has all these records is it all digital now i mean what are these what are, what are yeah. birth certificates from 1968 you know look like where are those yeah they are digitized and so the digitization serves as a record of uh, uh, of surveys so to speak and um but i do have we do have and we're very proud of uh some of the documents that were that were recorded and they're in big ledger books they go back to the late 1800s up to about 1920. From that point, things started to become um, scanned for posterity and, and no longer being needed, and practices had changed. But some of these initial documents that formed, you know, the, the county from its inception to marriage uh, licenses to birth and death records and um Everything in between shows a history of the of the county and and how it was formulated. Some of the names that we know today, you will find those names as you know uh, the uh, great grand uh, parents of, of some of uh, our uh, notable you know uh, citizens living in our county today and and in that form formation of the county. So do you like, I mean, I would love to like do a little interview with you one time, come down there, like, could you show me literally James Dean's death certificate? Could you show me some of these old <laughs> um, holdings or old real estate holdings of the late 1800s? Like, do you have these papers? Oh, n no longer the papers. It's been digitized. All of but it, okay. some of those founding books, yes, I can certainly show you those. Wow. And, and it's really something else to, to see those. They're, uh, you know, 150 years old. And, you know, they're the documents that, you know, help form the county what it's become today. So, Neil, I'd love to take you up on that sometime. Let's talk yeah. about the, um, the influence. Uh, obviously, uh, the election coming up in November, there's a lot of chat about with it. Uh, you know, for, you know, we're going to be voting a lot of things locally, including, you know, mayoral and this and that, of course, all the way up to president. Uh, what are you expecting? And uh, I know your job has been, you know, very much one. It's like we hear about you coming up during an election. You know, there's a big supervisorial thing like you had last time or, or yeah. things going on. I mean, I, obviously your job heats up and this is your season right now. Absolutely. Uh, we're in the midst of it right now, and, um, you know, due to the coronavirus, you know, things have really uh, taken a change for how we're going to keep it uh, safe for voters. And um, so a lot of changes, something we would never do before a presidential election is that you want to have wholesale changes. And in a lot of ways, that's what we're doing uh, in the last few months and heading into November. That's exactly what we'll be doing. Um, Voters need to understand there's two basic premises for voters to understand. And that is, number one, every voter will receive a ballot in the mail automatically. Uh, it's just something that the governor... Uh, Newsom uh, called for in his executive orders is one way that we think we can keep it safe for voters. That's the safest option. So every voter will automatically get a ballot in the mail. That would be slated for October 1st, a few days before the deadline. And, um, and then secondly, voters will still have an ability to do in-person voting 
at, uh, at 23 locations in our county, and it will be open for four days of voting, not just Election Day, but the weekend preceding it, which actually begins on Halloween, October 31st. These locations will be open for four days so that voters, if they do need to come and vote in person, then they can do so You know, even the weekend before and avoid the lines on Election Day. So you can come in and vote for president like on like the on the Sunday before election day? Yes. Yes. Wow, that's you can interesting. get you can get it done and not worry about, you know, having to take off from work to be able to cast your ballot, you know, on election day only. There there are more options to voters now than there ever have been and we're just, you know, gonna be facilitating this for all of the voters uh, in October. All right, we're gonna come back, we're gonna talk to Glenn, also continue with Tommy. Um we have uh, Glenn Silloway here. He's a member of the board for the League of Women Voters as we celebrate the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment. Also, Tommy Gong, the county clerk and recorder, talking about from a practical sense of what voting is going to look like in November. Lots of changes I just learned. We'll be back with the gentleman coming up next. It's Coast 104.5 and up and Adam in the morning. Coast 104.5, it's up and Adam in the morning. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hump day. My name is Adam Montiel. Thrilled to be back from vacation, and it's been great to have some uh, really exceptional uh, local folks uh, to interview. We had Ian Parkinson on the show yesterday. Uh, right now, we have uh, Glenn from the League of Women Voters. Also, Tommy is the county clerk and recorder for San Luis Obispo. Je uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for being up and at him in the morning. Yes. Well, glad to be here. You know, Glenn, it is the 19th, I'm sorry, the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment. Uh, the history is undeniable, and its significance is undeniable. What are some other resources and ways that League of Women Voters is connecting people to kind of what's going on with the campaigns of late? Well, thanks for asking. That that's really uh, goes to our mission of education. Uh, there's a couple things. The, the state uh, League of Women Voters publishes something called Voter's Edge, it's available on our website, lwvslo.org. Uh, and you click on Voter's Edge and you'll find information about your local candidates and local ballot measures. That's stuff that we're working on right now to put online. It should be available by, the, by late September at least in time for you to consider it and, and get information about the current election so you'd be an informed voter. Uh, the other thing we're doing is uh, we're having lunch with the league every Monday at noon, and that's a Zoom meeting, or you can go to Facebook and stream it live. Uh, the way to find that is to go to the same website, lwvslo.org, and we have a page called Vote 2020, and we'll be putting links up there for you to learn more about these and join those free meetings. You'll get to learn from uh, Julie Roderwald about how the election is working, the things you need to know, when you need to know them, on the detailed processes. With so many changes in our election this pro this year that Tommy's been talking about, uh, this is a way for you to learn about those. I love it. Check that out. The uh, website again, lwvslow.org? Yep. 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 Uh, Tommy Gong, County Clerk, recorder for San Luis Obispo. We uh, listened a little bit and kind of learned uh, the, the vast responsibilities of uh, this elected position. Let's talk about how voting day is going to look in November 1. I was very surprised. It's not even voting day. It's like voting days now. Yes, is all exactly. of the state doing this, or is this a slow county thing that's allowing us to uh, in-person vote uh, for a matter of uh, several days? 
Yeah, I will say, you know, with the with the uh, governor's executive orders and uh, the uh, legislation that followed that, um, there were some options for counties um, in determining how they wanted to conduct the election. I weighed all of those various options. Some of the options were only being open on election day, for example, and just maintaining your polling places like you would have, um, like we did in the March election uh, earlier this year. But in essence, you know, I just as I was looking through it and we were getting cancellations of poll workers who were, you know, over 65, for example, and concerned for their health, you know, I wasn't sure that we would be able to to meet those numbers, you know, a thousand poll workers on election day. But instead, you know, now we're down to about 400 election workers staffing over the four days of voting. And um, so I just felt that that was our best option to go with uh, on behalf of the voters. Yeah, you know, a lot of folks, you go to a polling place, and I think, you know, with everything going on, hopefully we can do this, I imagine, in a safe and, and distance way. But you go into a polling place, oftentimes the, the men or women helping you are, uh, you know, 60, 65 or above who are volunteering their time to do this. And I guess, you know, right now with everything going on, that's a, a demographic that we want to make sure stays healthy. So it's good that you've uh, figured out a way where we can, you know, go over the course of many days. Now, let me ask you a question because we're so used to and Maybe we've been spoiled in years past by going voting and then, you know, watching the TV later on following you know, uh, the web maybe now these days and seeing what went down. I mean, over the course of uh, an election that lasts days, we might not know for days even after that what went down. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. You know, that is one thing with the change. You know, we've gone through a 20-year evolution with uh, vote-by-mail voting, and, you know, now we're up to... 80% 80% of the voters who have uh, who vote during an election, they're doing it by mail. And so it's really shifted the process that we're doing. Not only do we have the polling places on Election Day, but now we're receiving, uh, on average, at least 100,000 vote-by-mail ballots. With this coming election, we're expecting to have 50,000 more vote-by-mail ballots. So that's 50% more that we're going to be having to process signature check, uh, and prepare for counting. And some of those, because of the deadline, as long as the ballot is postmarked by election day, on or before election day, and we receive it for extended periods 17 days after the election, these are for ballots that are coming across the country or coming from outside of the country, for example, that those ballots are eligible to be counted. And so, that whole process, as ballots arrive later and later, um, those ballots will have to be processed the days following the election. We'll, we'll have a, we'll certainly have uh, a, a certain number that will have counted as well as the ballots being cast at the voter service centers, but we expect that we'll, there will be quite a bit of ballots that will be processing after election day too. Talk about the difference between, for someone, you know, wanting to know the difference between absentee ballots and mail in ballots and then how uh, you guys are, how you guys are securing the fact that, because look, I mean, I, I get two or three, I, I've gotten two or three ballots in my thing before. I mean, yeah. or, you know, how do, how are you guys with this election? Because everyone wants to assure that it's all done right. How are you doing that? Yeah. Yes, exactly. You know, the, those are really good questions, you know, with uh, with vote-by-mail. It is a process that's been, you know, uh, tweaked and evolved over the last 20 years and legislation being, you know, uh, helping to groom it. Um, there's a lot of checks and balances when it comes to vote-by-mail voting and, and what we do to track the ballots. And w- mainly it is that... Um, 
each ballot that is uh, issued is uh, and is issued with a unique one-time use uh, uh, tracking number, and it's only used once. And in fact, if a voter uh, requests for a second ballot, they're issued. You know, the first ballot is nullified, and then the second ballot has its own unique uh, uh, ballot ID number. And so, this is a way that we're able to keep track that you know only the first ballot you know that they voted and we received it nullifies the second ballot if they in fact received a second ballot and voters themselves what they can do now is um, they can sign up for uh, the secretary of state's office is providing a way for them to track their ballot um, it's called where's my ballot and it's on our website and it allows them uh, a voter to sign up and it's free and what it does is it will give you notifications via text or a phone message or, or an email message to say, okay, your ballot is in the mail and be expecting it the days following. And it will track it through the postal service to the point where it says it's in your mailbox. And then when you vote that ballot and should you return it through the postal service, it will also give you notifications that it's reached our uh, final destination being our office. And so a lot more information is being offered up to voters now to be able to have that assurance um, that their ballot is, you know, arriving and their, that their ballot is uh, arriving at our office for uh, processing and counting. Yeah, well, with all the uh, the newness of everything going on and sometimes the confusion and chaos and even sometimes the uh, perceived confusion of how this will all happen and it's going to happen in a different way. The one thing we can definitely say is that uh, it makes the uh, need to register to vote that much more important. And there is still time. And what a, what a great way to celebrate the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment is to get your ass out there and register to vote. <laughs> Absolutely. So register to vote, or if you've already been registered, you can check your voter status, make sure that we have your uh, up-to-date residence and mailing address, and you can do that all at our website, which is slovote.com, slovote.com. Click on the election page, all things related to the election, and there will be links there to register or to check your voter status or to sign up for that ballot tracking service. I love it. Well, uh, thank you, Tommy Gong, County Clerk Recorder for Slow County. I'm definitely going to take you up on uh, maybe when the, after the election's done and you can slow down a little bit. It'd be fun to meet up with you and talk some of the slow county history that I'm sure you're all immersed in over there. So thank you for yeah. your time. Thank you. Thank you. Glenn, it was a great pleasure to meet you, member of the board here at League of Women Voters. You can go to lwvsslow.com and uh, learn everything. Final thoughts from you, Glenn? I just want to encourage people to do the same things. Register, learn, and vote. That's what we need to do now. Very good. Uh, both of you gentlemen, I appreciate you both. Your first times being up and Adam in the morning. It was my pleasure to learn from both of you gentlemen. Thank you, Adam. Thank you very much.